this week on Fair of the Free Child podcast. What I've learned is the most difficult thing when dealing with young girls is that you have to come to grips with how you're dealing with women. You have to address your beliefs and the things that you were taught and the things that you see in society. You have, you're forced to deal with them if you want to be in an honest space. And if you're not trying to be a, a dominating figure or an oppressive figure in the person's life, you have to consider these things. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Fire! Last week, Mom and Marley gave you some insights into the dynamics of our relationships at home. They talked about respect, managing moods, and what it means to be in an intergenerational partnership. This week, Mom asked Dad to answer three questions related to this work of being free together, especially when some people, I mean adults, don't have a lot of experience with what it means to be free and are still discovering or developing those dynamics in their own minds. What are some of the challenges and maybe subsequently the lessons that are showing up for you as a Black man raising Black women? I'm asking specifically about parenting with the idea of respect in mind. You grew up with a specific idea of respect and that was informed by your parents and your community maybe even things you watched on TV or listened to in music, popular culture. Are those ideas of respect different now as you parent your daughters? And if so, how do you navigate when those differences cause conflict between your thoughts and the reality? Secondly, when you hear the term being yourself in your home, what does that mean for you as an adult and how do you cultivate that or make space for that or not get in the way of that as a parent? Do you feel like your children have the room to be themselves? Are you yourself? Is your partner herself? As much as you can speak to that, is that the case? And if so, what is your role in that and trying to make that true for yourself and your partner and y'all's children. This third one is about managing moods and attitudes. When you're in a funky space or if one of them is in a funky space and communication needs to happen or logistics need to happen, whether it's whatever it is that needs to happen where you can't just ignore each other. <laughs> How do you do that from a space of liberation-mindedness if you're trying not to be oppressive, if you're trying to leave room for them to feel respected and autonomous and safe in community? What are some of the ways that you manage moods and attitudes among each other and yourself? On the subject of being yourself at home, being yourself at home is really practice for being yourself out in public. You're around a group of people that you trust and that you feel comfortable with, with the idea that you can kind of say and do the things that you wouldn't do out in public, really held by societal norms and expectations and things like that. So you get to do and say the things that wouldn't 
maybe if you said it out in public, it would be a problem. Hell, sometimes maybe when you say it out in private around certain people, it would be a problem. But when you're at home, it's supposed to be a safe place, the safest place outside of your own head. At least that's what I try and cultivate in our home. So one of the main things that I do is I just practice what I preach. I try and be understanding and respectful and allow how I feel about what's being said or what's being done to kind of go through the filter of, is it really affecting me like that? Does it really matter? Is it something that I need to step in? Is it a safety issue? My approach, especially when dealing with other people, is more about what little can I do? How little can I get involved in them expressing themselves? I'm not trying to be a barrier to who they are or how they want to present themselves. But it's not a but. It's not really a but at all. It's really just to keep, especially at home, it's important for me to know who it is that I'm dealing with and for them to understand who I am. So at home, I just try and keep it as safe as possible. So the tricky thing with being a parent and wanting to make space for everyone to feel comfortable and to be themselves, the main thing is, am I allowing them to feel like whatever behavior or whatever thing they express is acceptable outside of the house? And I think the older the girls get, is the less I feel inclined to have to say something because, you know, they have experience. It's not like you're dealing with a small child and the things that they do, like running around the house naked or whatever, explaining to them that that's not necessarily how people are going to accept it when you go outside the doors, things like that. You actually need to do explanation less and less the older they get. Because they're outside in the world, they're taking that information in. And sometimes they're going to make decisions that are maybe an opposite of how I would approach it, but it's mainly a preference thing. For me, as long as it's not like a a safety concern or just not considering factors that they may not be aware of, I let it go because it has nothing to do with me. (laughs) It has nothing to do with me. They recognize what it is and they get to explore that. That's the whole point. They need a safe space. It can't just be everything in your head. The only time you feel safe to be yourself is in your head. Like That's not practical. And it's not something that I would want to foster in anyone. I think kind of the things that we practice at home, the sensibilities and the freedoms that we have, it's not just for show. At some point, parts of it are going to need to leak out into the rest of the world. And they're going to bring those experiences outside and test those waters. But for me, I accept the fact that some things they're going to try and they're going to have to experience what it is, what the, I don't really want to say consequences, but what those reactions look like and what they mean. In a sense, it's them being held accountable for how they express themselves. It would be crazy for me to say that as adults, it's we can't recognize that many a times the issues that we have with people saying things or how they behave or react or things, it really doesn't have much to do with us. It's just something that we're not inclined to deal with ourselves. We're not interested in that. Maybe we wouldn't wear a dress like that, but it shouldn't influence as somebody else wearing a dress like that. Or just because I like polka dot shirts or what have you, but most people think it's tacky or most people that's not the case. But if it was, that's very much a they problem and not a my problem. I get to wear what I want. We're not out in uniform. 
I get to express myself how I want to express myself. As long as it's not infringing on anybody else's right to be themselves, I don't see the issue. On the question of me being a black man raising black women, what I've learned is the most difficult thing when dealing with young girls is that you have to come to grips with how you're dealing with women. You have to address your beliefs and the things that you were taught and the things that you see in society. You have, you're forced to deal with them if you want to be in an honest space. And if you're not trying to be a, a dominating figure or an oppressive figure in the person's life, you kind of have to consider these things. When you have the luxury of not caring what the other person is feeling or going through, you're kind of dictating how they should live their life and do what they should do. It's easy. I would say it would be easy as a father like that if that was the case. If I didn't have to consider how they felt about a thing, it would be easy for me to tell them to make sure they know how to cook, clean, and wash because no man would want them if they didn't. It would be easy for me to say that because I'm not taking into consideration if it's something that they want, if it's something that they care about. I just tell them, and if they don't agree with me, and they talk back to me, or they pose the question and cause me to have to question those beliefs outside of my own time, if I wanted to be that oppressive figure, I could very well tell them, this is just how it is. I mean, that's that was pretty much the case with everyone that I knew, myself included. If you ask the question or pose a question that someone an adult in particular didn't appreciate, they were able to use their adultness to tell you basically to shut up. I don't want to hear it. Do something else. Redirect. They were able to do that. The problem that you face, though, as a man, when you're raising women, is you have to analyze your relationship with women, how you see women, because then you're not only kind of laying out the groundwork for the type of man that they would expect to deal with, but you're also putting value on who they are as a person. So growing up for me, respect was mainly about social etiquette. There were little things that some were unsaid, some were learned, some were straight up laid out on the table for you to recognize that this is what it is. But for the most part, my experience with respect revolved around social etiquette. So Children are to be seen and not heard. When you deal with people, you speak to them by their title. You make sure to introduce yourself. And whether you're interested in showing affection or not, when family comes around, the expectation is that you will show affection, even if it's to relatives that you, you're not interested in or you have an issue with. It's mainly about being that good example so that your parents can show off and be like, look how well-behaved your child is. Look, you don't have any problems with your child. Like it, it all was about making someone else look good and not so much about how you felt. That for me became, it kind of shaped a lot of the things that I view because it allowed me to recognize that there's a difference between the reality that I live in and the things that I see and the things that I want versus what those around me even the ones that claim that they love me a lot or even the ones that had my best interests at heart, their reality didn't include my feelings. They didn't even care about my feelings. And if they did, they never asked. They never questioned as if they always knew how I felt about a thing and would act accordingly. I'd never got the impression that I had an advocate. It was more so I had protectors and I had people that took care of me, but I never had someone that asked me what I thought. 
with the intent of relaying how I thought to the rest of the world unfiltered. It was mainly about keeping things level, keeping expectations met, and not having any controversy and not having any issues by just going through the roles, playing the roles. And that had a profound effect on my life because it caused me to seek and to speak and to act and to live in as much truth as I find comfortable and even some that makes me very uncomfortable. It forced me to realize that there's like a weird dynamic between people as the individuals and then when they come into groups and then when they form larger groups, there's like a weird dynamic that happens that people lose themselves and start buying into this like fake reality basis, like things that otherwise don't make any sense at all on an individualistic basis in reality. When we get together and decide that these are the rules that we're going to abide by as a society, these are the things that we're going to hold up, it just doesn't tie together. It just doesn't tie together. Whenever we used to have relatives that we haven't seen in a long time, the expectation would be that you go and you hug them, some of them that you kiss them or let them kiss you. And even if you weren't feeling it that day, it was never a um, part of the equation. It was just about making other people feel good at your expense. So as I grew up, that became less and less interesting for me. It allowed me to kind of distance myself from that whole thing, the whole fakeness of it all, the societal norms and those things. I try and distance myself from that as much as possible. And I found that the best way to do that or the easiest way, not the best way, mainly the easiest way for me, is just to not engage. Don't talk. Be the quiet guy in the room in the corner that no one quite knows why they're there, but you know that they're there. Because I don't like the fakeness, because I can't appreciate the weird back and forth that we have to dance, the dance that we have to do that doesn't really serve a purpose other than to make other people feel good. Meanwhile, your feelings aren't taken into the equation. So I just scrap it all. So as a parent, I think built in me, because I'm not a parent first, I'm a person first. So those things show up in me to where I'm not interested in forcing any of my children or my partner or anyone around me into those type of dynamics. It's not my goal to make anyone in particular feel better. We kind of just have to deal with things as they are. If someone is having a shitty day, I don't feel like they need to hide it. They don't need to pretend to be having a great time if they're not. If they're not, you can be around and not feel okay. Or you can you know, say, I don't want to hang out because I'm not having a good day. And that's okay. It's part of life. But I mean, we act a lot like those things are not allowed. You're not allowed to have those days. Or if you do, we're not allowed to see them or we shouldn't see them. There's some level of shame in that. So I don't facilitate that foolishness in my children. I, I prefer that they are, they be who they want to be. And we speak from an honest place and we address things honestly. To be honest, it's difficult answering questions like this because it always circles back to one thing for me. It's, it's that, the fakeness. The fakeness of it all is the thing that troubles me and is the driving force behind a lot of the decisions that I make as a parent, as an adult, as a man, as a black man, as a black hetero man. What goes straight down the line, it comes down to the same thing for me, is that a lot of the things that are going on, a lot of the pushback and the people wanting to define themselves for themselves 
and the pushback from other people saying, no, we want to define you as we want to define you or want to keep you defined as how we've known you for this, how many ever long amount of time. It comes from the same thing. Somebody set up these rules, somebody, and we all accepted it. Now that the people that it affects are saying, here's a change, the shift that we want to make. I'm not interested in going that route anymore. Now everybody want to catch feelings and be like, hey, it's not right. This is not how we were supposed to be. This is wrong, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it's wrong for you. And that is completely okay. You get to do that. That's your right as a person to feel wronged and to do those things. What you don't get to do, though, is to tell me how I should be living my life and determine for me what's right and what's wrong. Unless I'm affecting you and yours, mind your business. Keep it moving. So as a rule of thumb, I say, for me, respect is treating people like you care about them, whether you know them or not. And this is simple. It means being attuned to the things that trouble them and being open to the idea of their best interest, even if you don't know them. So respect for me is to basically allow people the space, or not allow, but give people the space to be themselves and address things as they arise instead of trying to be preemptive on somebody else's behavior. There's no need to put someone in a box. There's no need to tell them this is how they need to behave when they're around you. There's no need to go through that whole process for me because part of the excitement or the thing that I enjoy most about dealing with different types of people are actually dealing with different types of people, which means that their experience and how they see the world and how they choose to interact, it's not always going to be smooth. It's not always going to present itself in a way that I'm used to. And that's okay. Surprise, surprise. It's okay that you decided this is how you're going to show up. Even if it makes me uncomfortable, which I don't, this is again, I don't quite understand the issue or why this is so hard for some people. Because they're not you, and they don't belong to you, and they're not beholden to you. You don't hold power for them. They're their own individual. And if you believe that someone is an individual and has the very same rights that you're crying about and saying that you deserve this and you deserve that, give those people the exact same rights. If you find it difficult to give those people the same rights, then how could you in the same breath then expect the ease to get that and have people deliver on those rights for you if you can't even do it for other people. How do I, as an adult, deal with moods and when people are in funky spaces? Or not people, but my family. When we're going through our thing and how do I, as the other adult, deal with that from my partner to my children? The answer is very much like all the other ones I've given is to respect the individual, or to use another term, to leave space for other people. My ego doesn't need to take up the room. If someone is going through a hard time or having, they're just in a bad mood or whatever, I can't act like with all my experience of in adulthood, I don't know what that means or what that looks like or what that feels like. Like I don't know how that influences my behavior or how it influences how I see any given situation. I being the one with the excess of experience can't look at that and not know what's going on and can't act accordingly. I don't, you're going to tell me then that I don't have the strength to realize that 
and to recognize that this person, whether it's my partner or my children, are, are going through something and to leave space for that, to allow for that, and just to try and get things done in the meantime, like things always have to get done in the meantime, no matter what the mood is. It's part of not necessarily being an adult, but being a responsible person. So it's something that I don't expect solely from adults. I expect this from children as well. I expect it from our girls. But it doesn't mean that I need to be a domineering force and insisting that this is how they show up the way I need them to show up. Much like anything else, I don't need the formalities. I just need the results. So if it's someone is having a bad day, and as a family, we still need the dishes to be washed, I have a decision to make. I can either decide to not bother them because I know what it means to be in that space and I can understand that and I'll just take care of it myself without even dealing with them. Or if I feel it can't work that way, that we actually do need someone or mainly the person that's having the bad day to actually take care of it, I just approach them under the understanding that they're having a bad day. I don't even necessarily feel I need to let them know that they're having a bad day because they can feel it, but I just try to be as gentle as possible in saying what I need. There's no need to come in like some sort of general dictating what it is they need to do. Hey, I need the dishes done by X, Y, and Z. If I could, I would do it, but I don't have the time or whatever, or it's your responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Please take care of it by X amount of time. I, I try and give them, at least when it's the girls, I don't think I've ever given <laughs> Akila a timeline for when the dishes needed to be done. So yeah, I guess that's geared more towards a girl. So with something like with the girls, I try and be as clear and as concise as possible and to let them know my expectations. If they can't or don't want to do it, I think we have the type of relationship to where they know that they can say it and let me know how they feel and what's going on with it, but that it doesn't mean that it's not going to get resolved. I think I can say safely that they understand that it doesn't mean that they won't necessarily have to do the thing. The only difference being is that I see them and I recognize where they're coming from and I give you my expectation. You tell me different. If you don't want to do it, you need to tell me why and or a solution. It still needs to get done. Who's going to do it? Who did you talk to? Who's agreed to do it in your place if you're not going to do it? When are you going to do it if you're not going to do it when I ask you to do it like these are basics. These are basics that people working in collaboration need to deal with and need to have. So as long as they do that, there's no problem for me because it's still getting resolved. I don't need to monitor or dictate how you should handle the problem, just handle the problem. When it comes to Aquila, it's, I mean, we're both grown up in that sense and we have a good understanding of each other. Some things, maybe that's part of the issue with that one, is that with us, Sometimes the fact that we do know each other may actually get in the way of it. So for me anyway, I might feel like I know how she's feeling and she might not be in a good mood. So maybe I'll try and give her some space because I think that's what she needs or I feel like that's what she needs. And that's not always the case. Sometimes I need to push a little further. And in retrospect, maybe that's something that the girls would benefit from as well, but I don't feel practiced in that with them. And I'm not sure it's my place to go down that road with them, simply because it's a relationship exclusive to me and their mom. So 
yeah, it's not something that everybody gets. Like we all have different types of relationships. So although I believe it to be equitable in both situations for different reasons, the type of relationship that we have matters in how I deal with it. That's something that I speak freely and openly about is that we may be equal, but we're not the same. Thanks for listening. Remember to join Mom and Marley in Raising Free People Workshop 2019 by going to the show notes page for today's episode, raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 138 for direct links and details. That's raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 138.